Hades is a game where you will learn as you play, and we strongly recommend experiencing your early runs on your own to enjoy everything without spoilers for the first time. This podcast will assume you have reached the final boss, unlocked all the weapons, and met all the characters. Any additional spoilers will be disclosed in the episode. Thanks for tuning in. Hello and welcome to Hidden Aspects, a podcast about Hades. I'm your host, Ridiculous Hat, and this week we are joined by the greatest crossover ever, the Blood and Talkness crew, minus Bubbo. Hi, Bubbo. You're great. Uh, but we've got Wrist 13, Satan is a Chill Guy, and Webs 2D. Say hi, boys. Howdy, howdy. Hello, hello. What's up, gamers? Yo. So we'll be getting to know them in a bit if you don't already, but you can also get to know everyone. Check out our social media accounts over at Hidden Aspects on Twitter. Our Discord link is there in the in the profile. And uh, follow us on whatever podcast platform you like if you're not already. So we've got three guests here. First time we've ever had... Not first time. First time in a while. It's been a while since we had multiple guests. Um, and Riss, you've been on the show before. One of our early luminaries. So thanks for returning. Uh, remind us, if you would, how you started playing Hades and how you found the game. Just give us the Cliffs notes. I, I actually, I actually barely remember. I, <laughs> it, I was, it was probably just one of the variety streamers I watched. You know, I watch, uh, I follow a handful of variety streamers. Um, and I just tune in sometimes to see what they're playing, see if there's anything new. Hades was on. I was like, oh, this looks cool. And then I watched stuff on YouTube. Halion stuff was like the biggest thing. I watched him speed run for a little bit and I thought it was ridiculous and stupid. And now here I am. Well, as I guess, I guess he sure showed you. Um, <laughs> well, it was just him doing the same thing over and over and over again and like resetting because he wasn't getting the kind of speed he wanted. And I thought that was the dumbest thing ever. Like, why would you play a game like that? Why would you do that to yourself? Cause you hadn't speed run before at all, right? No. Not at all. It's interesting how that led to some twists and turns there. Um, but we'll talk about that in a bit. But Webs and Satan, welcome to the show. We'll start with you, Satan. Give us a brief rundown as to as to how you find the game and, and when you started playing. Yeah, so there I was, a little bright-eyed, bushy-tailed gamer looking to learn some Kingdom Hearts speedrunning, actually. Oh, boy. And I the, love this story. The category that I was going to learn only had one guide on speedrun.com for it. <laughs> And it's like a 14, 15, can go lower down to those like a 12 minute category, real fast category. But the guide on it was an hour and a half. Um, and, you know, I had some questions being a learner. And so I pop into the guy's stream and it turned out to be Webs 2D playing some <laughs> Hades. So I, you know, hate to do this, but really quick, I had a question if you don't mind. And he answered my question. And so, you know, I appreciated that as a viewer. I hung out, stayed around, and got interested in the game, just watching him play. And Web2D, how's it feel to be the guy? Hey, you you were that I, guy. I don't know. It's crazy. You know, I, it, was, it was just some schmuck in my stream. And then 35 gift subs later, we're friends. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's 35 gift subs will go a long way. So it really sure will. So you had been running, I'm guessing you've been running for, I guess, the a lot of games. Because uh, Satan, were you, had you been speedrunning other games beforehand? Yeah, I, I'm... The type of person who likes to serially like learn different like new things. Um, so I the most exposure I had to speedrunning was 
definitely Dark Souls 1. Uh, I did a bit mm. of Dark Souls 1 running for a while. And then there's been multiple times where I'll sit down and I'll halfway start uh, to learn a new run. Um, I almost learned Dayorg, like I had mentioned. I almost started running Mario 64 at one point. Um, and then, you know, I started trying to go fast in Hades and that one just kind of stuck. Yeah, that'll happen. What's the what's the worst spot in Dark Souls 1? Is it Halberd Reset and Orlando Archer's Blight Town? <sighs> it's either... God, it's all just so terrible. Um, <laughs> it's either Halberd Resets or ONS is a lot better now, but you can get some very like terrible, you may as well just reset uh, starts to the fight, and that's pretty miserable. Yeah, and that's much later into the run, and it's you know it's not great after if you hit Halberd and then ONS right. Randomness. Yeah, it's pretty unpleasant. Um. And then Webs, I guess you were a Kingdom Hearts speedrunner slash content creator back in the day. Uh, what other games had you speedrunner? Was that your first one? Uh, first off, content creator is a strong word. I'm just a dude. But you, you made it. You made a guy that was six times as long as the category was about. That's content. <laughs> That's what that is. Sure. Okay. You got me. Yeah, I've been I've been speedrunning for a while. I think we're clocking in on almost three years now. I wow. started with um. With Data Org and Kingdom Hearts 2 FM. And then I said, we're moving on. We're doing other stuff. So I did Nier for a while. Uh, and I went back to Kingdom Hearts with like KH3. <laughs> and then I moved on to doing like a, uh, like some casual video games for a while. And then I found Hades just because I like a lot of roguelites. So. And uh, moving away from the JRPGs, which are a much more verbose genre. A lot more dialogue, a mm-hmm. lot more cutscenes. And Hades is just go, go, go. So yeah. and so, did you and Satan get in around the same time? Because it sounds like you were you were friends. Yeah, I think before before I met Austin, I'd been playing the game. I played it for a little bit in early access for about a month or two, and then I met Austin, and he was like, "Hey, I'm going to learn the all webs run." And I was like, "Hey, that sounds pretty cool. I'll check that out." And here we are. <laughs> and here we are. Yes, many categories later. For for listeners, I'm sure you figured this out. <laughs> Satan is Austin. Austin is Satan. I did. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, uh, are you excited for Near Resurrection or Near Replicant, rather? Yes, I am actually. I I never played the original Near game. I'm yeah. an automata baby, so I yeah. will be playing that when it comes out. It it wasn't. I don't think that it was all that popular. And Yoko Taro is a fascinating game director, but also uh, his stories are <laughs> out there at times. Oh, absolutely. Um, so yeah. I'm curious to see the uh, w- how the original, which apparently is a direct. It's a series that apparently is directly connected, even though all the story summaries I've watched, I get about halfway through. I'm like, I don't know what's going on. I'd rather do something else. It seems mm-hmm. more involved in the Kingdom Hearts story. Well, okay, maybe not. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, I was gonna say that sounds a lot like Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> yeah, surprisingly similar. Hades does not have multiple, like, does not have anything called the real X. There's no, there's no like <laughs> computer ice cream, which is the thing that happens in Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So much about Kingdom Hearts. I, I've never heard the phrase computer ice cream until now. It's a thing. <laughs> it's. I understand that you think that that can't possibly be what it sounds like, but it is it's exactly mm-hmm. what it sounds like. Even and that's the worst part. I'll send you the Barry Kramer video after this. You have to watch. It's fantastic. Um, I look forward to it. Yes. Uh, so, all three of you are hosts on the other, the better Hades podcast. <laughs> Blood and Talkness. Okay, different. 
different. It's a different category. There we right? go. It's a different yeah. category. If if this is any heat, you're like you're definitely like all Zagreus aspects or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so how did this come about? So the community we frequently have races on the weekends um just as a way to a really fun way to get people into racing it's how i got started racing and kind of fell in love with it um and after it, it was traditionally broken down and i think it still is i haven't been to one in them in a minute but on saturday we'll have either an all weapons or three weapons race and then on sunday we'll do a bunch of meme races where we're just you know having fun doing the silliest and sometimes just absolute worst things we could possibly think of and it was after one of these meme races where me dunk and wrist were all sort of hanging out and i think it was wrist stream and we were just talking and you know how it goes when you're vibing with the boys the conversation just started flowing and uh, it started out as a joke where someone in the chat, I think, had mentioned this should just be a podcast. And uh, we jokingly said, well, no, it definitely is. This is now the first episode and, you know, reaching for names. And we settled on Blood and Talkness. The, the Blood and Talkness name arose. I will take complete resp- responsibility <laughs> for that. Uh, I was on I was on Courtney's stream, uh, Courtenberry's stream, and... The, the subject was podcasts, and I was just throwing out podcast names. And then I lighted on this brilliant wordplay on the the classic uh, curse that Hades always utters, blood and darkness. I was like, oh, blood and darkness. Perfect. That screams Hades. It's like, oh, I'm so smart. I eventually managed to get to the point where it was forced. Now no one can... <laughs> Turn it away. Yeah, we're like, kind of stuck. This with is episode it. one of Blood and Talk- Talkness, everyone, and the next one will be on some other stream. And as as Satan said, we just kind of like did them as a meme. Um, like this is the next episode of, Bl-. and then I think it was Webs actually who reached out to me. Yeah, it was you. Uh, I was like, hey, do you want to actually do this ep- this like podcast? I was like, sure. <laughs> it was definitely me, Rist. Uh, your, no, I, your memory I think slipping it was with webs. age. I think it was Webs. I, it I, was I, I vividly remember me. sending the message. Um, <laughs> okay, all right. It was and one then, of you. Yeah, and then we picked up Webs. We love Dunk to death, but he's a very busy man. So we figured the easiest way to go about it would be to pick up Webs, and then just have uh, have an open guest slot for uh, Dunk if we ever want him on and he ever wants to be on. So that way he's still included and in part of the the B and T family. Yeah, and you work around all each other's stream schedules, and uh, you have guests on on a weekly basis. You've had what? You've had Medic, you've had JDN, you've had Cortenberry, you had Halion. You haven't had, had JDN. I not JDN yet. Um, we have had Halion, we've had Dunk on, uh, Ronnie, uh, we had Vareem. That was a really fun episode. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's right. um, I don't think I have a favorite guest that we've had so far. A lot of, a lot of great people in, no, around well, the community. No, well, the episode hasn't come out yet. It's, it, you can, oh, you can save that for another couple days. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Almost, I almost forgot. I no, you almost repressed memory. it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Thank God and, we dodged that bullet. Yeah. So, uh, and listeners, I do, I do recommend checking out Blood and Talkness as long as you know what you're in for. I think it's a very enjoyable production. It is, it is low structure. It is, mm-hmm. uh, it is a very fun, enthusiastic environment. It is not safe for work or children or really anyone. Um, no, <laughs> definitely Hades after dark, right? Like that's definitely what's going on over there. Yes. Um, so if you're interested in that kind of, you know, of, of the boys vibing out as it were, that's definitely what's going on there. Um, 
and I, I enjoyed, you know, thank you so much for letting me come over there. I enjoyed instigating among all of you, um, <laughs> and I continue to do that to this day. But it's it's worth checking out if you, like, instead of a look at the, the scenes development that I try and dig into with the interview, more about just a really good insight into the people that make the scene what it is. And uh, I, I'm curious how your all of you have experienced... Podcasting is a lot different from a lot of the other forms of content. You know, you all stream, you all compete, whatever. But uh, how has it been learning what a podcast feels like, like what the in medium as it is? Yeah. So when 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 the boys offered uh, to bring me on for this thing, um, <laughs> a podcast was always something I thought about being on, but never really knew like what would go into it so like i came in with no expectations and it's honestly it's just been a fun ride um i don't find it too different especially because it's just me hanging out with the boys right i don't find it too different from like streaming um except you're not talking to a chat you're talking to like an invisible chat that you don't care about which is right nice (laughs) so yeah it's been it's been fun man Uh, i've been digging it it's been interesting to sort of care just a little bit more not a ton uh, but just a little bit more episode by episode like our episode zero had no show notes i i don't th- and we still don't we really did. do show notes did we yeah, well a lot of the lines consist of words like butts 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 we'll <laughs> keep you laugh like stuff like that i mean and a lot we of still parenthetical do. boy yeah. this that is, is true that is notable it must be notes because it is notable he's got he's got a point <laughs> But you know, we 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 still. I think it's been a little easy for the structure that we go for, where it is we've got some things we would like to try to touch on, and we've got really general time targets we'd like to kind of be around. But we're not, you know, we're we're not prepping interview questions or anything. We're we're going in. We've got a few things we're talking about. We have one prepared thing, which is our media segment that you know you got to think about in the interim. But other than that, you just show up and hang out with your friends and it's it is it's an absolute blast i absolutely loved it there's also been uh like the hidden benefit like even though the media section i suspect is the least viewed slash listened part of the podcast it's great for us because we get to sort of like burn through our list of things like we all have our lists <laughs> of just stuff that we know we should be watching or should have watched but haven't gotten around to it and we've been able to, to knock some of that stuff off so yeah yeah it it creates the the perpetual media list that we're all like a person recommended this to me and instead of watching it I've just stopped talking to that person so I don't have to hear them ask me <laughs> hey did you watch this <laughs> but so uh I love the externalized accountability for things that you want to do but don't prioritize because that's what the media section does like you want to watch this movie but then when you have 2 hours of downtime at some other point pop into a Twitch stream because it's comfortable or whatever. Like, it's right there. It's behavior that you're used to. And instead, that time goes from structured to unstructured. So I love the idea of making structure of it. And because of that section on the on the show that we just did, we talked about John Wick. My wife hadn't seen the first John Wick. So I put on I put on the Baba Yaga speech into the home invasion. And like, oh, ooh, that sequence is so God, good. It's just so good. Nice. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're so welcome. Yes, I've seen it before, but I, I appreciate you prompting me to watch it again. So anyways, for more John Wick information, check out the media section over at Blood and Talkness episode uh, eight, I think eight. Seven? Seven? Eight? Eight? Yeah, eight. Seven. 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 Episode nice, seven. I got it. Yes. 
Uh, yeah, check out episode eight if you want to talk about a gambling anime. Uh, spoilers. Um, so, lightning round questions. Just to get a vibe from each of you. Favorite aspect. Wrist. Beowulf. Yes. Same answer as the last time. Yep. And shortly after you recorded that podcast, we were, tu- uh, we were tuning in. I was watching your stream. You did a three weapons run, and you had a really sick Beowulf run that I think was made leaderboards, right? That was a 640-something? It was... It was the world record run at the time, if I'm that's what I'm thinking of. I think someone's beat it by now, but it was pretty yeah. fast. I'll I'll give you three guesses to who it is. You only need one. It's Anake. Oh, right. Yeah, of course. I mean, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. yeah. <laughs> Classic Anake. That was the run with the yeah, really crazy RNG. Um what about you, Webs? Uh I like a little Lucifer in my life. Lucifer. You were the yeah. first person to say Lucifer. As, oh, do you really? go for yeah? What what? Uh, how do you usually build it? I don't know the speedrun meta at all. I just know the triple bomb is a good hammer. Yeah, it's Eris, except your special doesn't feel like you're getting slapped with a piece of paper. So, that's mm, fair. It's fair. Satan, you don't have anything written down. Do you? Do you have a favorite aspect? I do. Um, it's Achilles spear, but very specifically Achilles spear where you don't get flurry jab first hammer. And you actually have to think your way through the weapon instead of being handed Ew. your attack and dash buttons on a silver platter. Gross, dude. You mean you Stinky. don't like stun locking by holding down a single button? I mean, it's cool and all, but like, I don't know. I eventually fell in love with the aspect before we had figured out that Flurry Jab is the meta and this is a disgusting weapon that goes so fast. And it, the thing I really enjoyed about it was just like the sort of on your feet thinking and sort of build a bearing you have to do with 90% of your build just to get to dad in a reasonable amount of time what's your preferred non-flurry build uh the the old zeus cast build where you, mm. you take zeus cast uh poseidon dash and then hope to end up with artemis on attack and uh you build towards uh cast boons from hermes and things like that and you know, use your cast to clear rooms. Uh, Zeus cast Achilles was sick, and I miss uh, it yes. so much. I love going my heart. slow too. It's great. Yeah, <laughs> Webs. I was gonna ask if you were doing okay. You look a little nauseous over there. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Favorite character. Satan. Uh, Meg. That's yeah. It's Meg. Yeah. It's it, by far the most common answer we get on this show. Wrist. I think you said Meg too when you were on last time. No, no. Who did you say? No, no. I remember what you said. You gave an iconoclastic answer. As you were known to do. Well, okay, so I'll give the answer, but, like, favorite in terms of what? Just, like... In terms of you enjoying them. I don't, I don't know how else well, to answer that. there are different that. criteria by which you'd enjoy a character, like... Why don't you explicitly spell out any criteria you would use? Okay, I like Theseus. I like Theseus because he has fun, okay? He's the only one in the entire game who's having fun with what he's doing. He's hanging out. He's vibing. He's having the time of his life with his cow buddy... Fighting this nerd who keeps rolling through Elysium. He's having a blast and he never gives up. He is the ideal anime protagonist and I love him. Everyone oh who God, thinks you... that Theseus is the worst, screw up. Like, you're, you're wrong. Like, he's, you hate him because you're having a terrible time and you're jealous of his success. That's. Risk 13 would like Theseus. <laughs> yeah. But also, I think you could make an argument for Electo enjoying her job. I think you could make that argument. Okay. She, she does kind of enjoy her job. Yeah. Yeah. Also, Wretched Broker, when he's up on the board, ain't nobody happier in the whole game. Ain't nobody <laughs> happier in the whole game. Every time I see Wretched Broker on the board, I make sure to stop because he makes a little adorable sound. Big fan. Oh. Um, yeah. I don't know if you all play with the volume on anymore, though. Uh, and Webs, I love this answer. Thank you. 
I, I love Skelly. <laughs> He's just a nice boy. You know, every time I'm doing like an, an all webs or a three webs run, I feel bad when I don't pelt him one before I leave. It's like good luck. So I have to. I know it's a time loss, but I, I need to. It's worth it. It's worth it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Respect. Also, I love that he totally trolls you to unlock his uh, his ambrosia. Yeah. Like it's. <laughs> I really thought that it was going to be like uh, like in um, in Sekiro. Spoilers, I guess. I really thought it was going to be where like you change the texture of the game by doing this thing to earn some favor, and then it's just a prank. Mm-hmm. It's pretty yeah. amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Most hated enemy. Oh God, unarmored witches and Tartarus, dude. In room twenty-two. Oh my. Well, in chamber twelve. You know, we don't or, go to 22 in Tartarus, so... Right, uh, right. sorry, I was thinking mm-hmm. Asphodel. Okay. Asphodel is witches, too. That, those are... Are those splitters? Or no, splitters or Elysium? They're, I think they're, they're both splitters. Mm. Yeah, technically. But the ones in Tartarus specifically are just... Ugh. The chamber 12 witches, yeah. And yeah. I don't know exactly how the room difficulty and numbers things work, but it seems like the answers I've heard from speedrunners in general are when you're later in a biome, the the base form of some enemy the game thinks they're not very hard so it gives you just a ton of them yeah so the quick way it works is each room has x amount of points it can spend to spawn enemies uh unarmored versions are the least expensive armored versions are the most expensive and the x to spend on spawning enemies uh increases the later you go so that's why you'll see like 30 unarmored witches at the end of tartarus Right, so the room 12 witches, the room 22, probably also witches, or maybe the uh, bloodless, naked bloodless, probably. Yeah, naked bloodless. And then the room 34 naked bright swords are uh, also well known. What about you, Satan? Most hated enemy. Unarmored bone rakers really grind my gears. (laughs) I can, I, (sighs) there's not much in this video game that puts me on tilt but when i get true comboed for four seconds by an unarmored <laughs> bone raker and he's the last one in the room it's over for me my mental is done They're, like it's i have to step away for five minutes i i can't that's like the one thing i can't cope with in this world yeah i think it's worse when they do have the armor because like you can't oh. stun them it sucks their point yeah. value is so high though those rooms are so fast yeah until you get touched once. <laughs> yeah, they're they're fast if you execute them well and don't tilt. Oh, it's it's over from my mental. I can't do it, dude. Wrist most hated enemy. So I would have. I I normally would give like a bog standard answer, like unarmored witches, bone rakers, bloodless, unarmored swordsmen. However, I'm waiting for the twist where this is Theseus. I'm actually going to say unarmored. <laughs> I don't like Theseus uh, as a as an enemy. Um, I'm going to say unarmored dracons. I understand unarmored swordsmen; like they suck, but I know what's going on. I still don't understand uh, unarmored dracons. They'll just like pop up wherever and then teleport across the room, and and you'll never see them. And I I hate them. Like they're they're not as much of a time loss as the typical bad ones. I'm not. And maybe I don't hate them the absolute most, but they grind my gears the most. I, they, they're they're my unarmored bone rakers. There's always the one in the bottom right hand corner of the largest asphodel tile, just hiding. Are these so? Are these the floating Medusa heads? No, these are little, the little wormies in uh, in asphodel. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, like 
really close to them is probably like their their armored equivalents because you will just take damage. They fill the screen with projectiles and there's no good way to get to them without well, there's rarely a good way to get to them without just eating all their little purple arrows. At least for me. Yeah. It's the way they spawn in has always thrown me off. They just yeah. kind of appear out of nowhere. So summoning circle. Well, we've gotten to know a little bit about you all and kind of your approach to the game. And this is something that actually I think uh, risk talking to you helped me learn this. There's a section that when I talk to people that are newer to the game and grind it less, build bragging, where it's like, hey, talk about a run you did for fun that was really enjoyable. And I've learned when talking to people that are much more tenured in the scene, the relationship with the game is a little different. And that's kind of what, where our weekly topic is heading. Because you all have been involved in either speedrunning in general, um, or even to speedrunning Hades specifically. And uh, the combined grind of both playing the game over and over for marginally improved results, and also of creating content of scheduling your impulse to play something fun, uh, is both of those are kind of counter to normal relationships with games. So we'll start off with just the speedrunning context. Um, Webs, you've been doing a lot of speedrunning. You've wanted to do this for a while. Uh, and you've done it for multiple games. What about speedrunning really appealed to you in the first place? Right. So from a just from a raw instinctual thing, I think speedrunning looks so sick. Right. You look so cool doing it. It it it, it like uh, you present this mastery that you have over uh, this video game, and I think that's just dope as hell right um so i specifically again i started specifically with uh data org and kingdom hearts 2 fm and i remember watching runs of that like back at gdq this is what made me want to start speeding run or speed running back in the day and the fights just look so perfectly executed and just it looked so awesome so i think there's something to be said about wanting to look cool doing something right and there has to be something said as well, just for the existence of the GDQ event and its growth over the years. Think mm-hmm. about how many hundred, like, it has 100,000 viewers. Think about how many thousands of gamers are like, I want to be this good at anything. Yeah, they exactly. Just, and they just get in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what drew me to it. What about you, Satan? Uh, for me, it's sort of like a twofold thing. Uh, I got into speedrunning just as a way to prolong my enjoyment of my favorite game, right? That's why I started running Dark Souls 1. I loved it to death, but I had played through it a ton of times. And, like, instead of sitting there and, you know, trying to come up with a different build that will make it slightly harder or doing just a straight-up challenge run, which I never really found interesting, I I found it way more appealing to sit down and really take a deep dive learn uh, about a game I love so much, learn you know, not only all the speedrunning tricks, but why they happen. And um, that was a really cool experience. And then also on the other side, I'm a pretty competitive person. I've done a lot of competitive things within video gaming. And speedrunning in and of itself can be viewed as a competitive thing, but it's the healthiest way to go about it. And the coolest way to go about it, in my opinion, is it's you versus you, where, you know, it's it's that feeling of beating your time, especially when you've worked so hard to beat that time. It's It's... Not many feelings out there like it. it. It's like Mario Kart, right? You're racing the ghost. Right. You're exactly. trying to beat the ghost. Yeah. And that's, there's something very instinctive and very primal about the idea of like, do better than I did last time. And you can very clearly see and measure the growth as well. Um, now, Riss, you don't have, you didn't have the background of this approach with games with other games. 
what about Hades did it for you? Well, in a weird way, I sort of do. Um, I really enjoy being good at a game. I un- unfortunately um, spent a good portion of my life playing League of Legends, uh, screaming mm. at my friends to gank, and then when they didn't gank, screaming at them more. I don't know how I still had friends after that, but I mean, it all came from a place of wanting to like be better, and, and this was true for subsequent games like like Path of Exile, I have like over a thousand hours in that. I have like seven hundred hours in Darkest Dungeon. Uh, just <clears throat> like I, I tend to dedicate myself to things. So, I mean, I don't have exactly speedrunning background, but like the the idea is still the same of like like wanting to get better. Um, uh, and I would say that like my what appeals to me about speedrunning has sort of changed as time goes on. Because for a while it was that, um, like just you know. Oh, I've learned this new thing. I can get better. I can make my PBs better. Um, my, I used to run a lot of high heats, and that was really uh, something. I, I, I spent a lot of time like trading uh, like high heats back and forth with Halion. I would beat his, he'd beat mine, I'd beat his, uh, and, and all that stuff. And then Hermes Cup came along, and I was just like, and they just kind of got me into race. I'd never speed ran before. I was just a high heat runner. Um, I enjoyed it and. As the Hermes Cup went on, and I as I progressed more and more, I was like, "Oh, I can win this! Like, this is actually kind of cool." And and then I was kind of hooked. But now I think like one of the things that keeps me speedrunning isn't even necessarily the speedrunning; it's like being part of a big community. <laughs> like, it's it's just cool. I there's so many people I can help people um, with my knowledge. Um, I can go places and be recognized some of it like obviously some of it's like a bit of an ego stroke because it's like hey people know who i am that's kind of cool um (laughs) it's it's just part of it um but like i also get to do things at a scale that i never would be able to do like i would never be able to justify making a podcast uh for like no one right like but at least our whatever however large or small our audience is at least like there is a like at least an audience there and so now i just get to kind of hang out and perform and do things that hopefully make people laugh or something i don't know yeah well engage right with a larger community it's yeah i would be so bold to say that there is no game that maintains interest in perpetuity without a community supporting that oh yeah for sure there are some games where I don't know what the Super Mario Brothers 1 speedrunning community is like. You know, it's I people have enjoyed Super Mario, but it's still, you beat it and then you move on. That's most people's relationship with the game. And to maintain interest in well, a single-player game like Hades with a sealed box, uh, that's that doesn't happen without there being some kind of larger communal engagement, and that seems to be really what's driven a lot behind the game, and, and most games. Um, and these competitions are pretty cool. Speedrunning is kind of a competition against yourself. So we've talked about the upsides here. What about the downsides? It's because it, it can be it can feel pretty bad to get close and not get there. In terms of downsides, like I guess there's sort of things I've been trying to stay one step ahead of. Because um, for a while, you know, I was hyper competitive. Um, but then as as I realized, I would have to spend like more and more time playing the game in a way that don't, that I don't want to. Um, those of you who don't know, like in order to get really, really, really competitive times, you have to like constantly reset for like good luck uh good rng good there are so many moving moving parts that have to go right in order for you to get a really good run in addition to you playing at like peak level the whole time you have to be doing this repetitive thing 
Um, and so I kind of started to run away from that. And like, I know I, there was a time when I, when I probably would have pursued world record stuff, but for now I'm just like kind of trying to enjoy it as, uh, as, as, as everyone has been saying, like play, playing against yourself. But there's, a, there's definitely a potential major downside of like caring so much about that, um, that chase that, uh, uh, is no one really tells you about <laughs> no one really tells you about it until you uh, until you run smack dab into it yeah it's and competitions it sounds like it really just the existence of an external competition doesn't change that much for for the drive that you all feel you don't need a hermes cup or hyper delivery to feel competitive you don't need that stuff to feel the drive so like where how does that do you like well i guess i should ask does it feel like you need that external competition to really uh stay engaged with the game or is it something that you still find like the the fire still lit um i found when i first started speedrunning that was the case like i really wanted other people to compete with because i ran like a category that was it was very small it was not hades right so like i did it myself for like a year with no competition and i kind of started to burn out on just competing with myself but having pushed something so hard by yourself um it gets lonely so, like, sometimes I feel the need for external competition, which is nice, but I think in a community like Hades, um, uh, there's just so much competition, you know what I mean? Yeah. That I think it's fine to just compete with yourself. I found my, or I found when I picked up this game, it was only about competing with me, uh, just because there was too many, like, people to keep up with. I, I can't remember all your names, but... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's so many people out there and like people making their own category extensions like Super Soaker Percent or whatever. You're not going to yeah. chase Ronnie on that one and then go do OO and then go do three weapons and then go do any heat and then and then yeah. do whatever, you know. There are all these different things to do because it's such a vibrant scene. Exactly, yeah. But then the hard part here is finding a healthy mindset with so much repetitive gameplay. So, Satan. Yeah. You ever feel burnt out? Absolutely. And I think the most important part about feeling burnt out and burning out in general is one, recognizing that it's happening and two, being okay with feeling burnt out. Um, I played a lot of League of Legends and I've done this with Hades and a Common lot of games. <laughs> I've done this with a lot of games that I've played and I've cared a lot about, but in the past when I've felt burnt out, I would keep going, keep going, keep going, keep pushing, keep pushing, keep pushing because I knew, you know, a, a lot of the times I'll feel burnt out when I'm feeling also as good as I'll ever be at the game, right? I feel like I've peaked, but I put all these hours to get here. I feel miserable playing it, but I'm playing so well. I've got to keep going. You know, my time's got to get lower. I've got to keep going. And I think now that I've done that so many times, I've gotten a lot better at recognizing when I'm doing it to myself. And I, I definitely think the most important thing to do, if you feel that you're miserable doing something as hard as it may be to do, it, the, the best thing you can do is just recognize that and step away. Sunk cost fallacy. It's Absolutely. a very hard thing to fight against. Very hard thing to fight against. Yeah. And Aris, you kind of spoke to this too, just your relationship with it has, with the grind has changed. Oh yeah, uh, I've. I mean, I'll, I'll grind for a little bit, and obviously we, like a little, a little bit of, I guess, frustration is fine, right? Like we expect, we don't expect to like one hundred percent fun, 
joy all the time. Ooh, no, God, sometimes you got to reset for double edge, and that's just how your life is for a second. Yeah, and everyone has their threshold. Um, and you know, I, I can sort of see mine in the horizon. Um, and and so as as I said, I I, I cut out. It's 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 difficult for me to even say like, I guess I was lucky because I won the first Hermes Cup. I by then I was done. Right, I was like, cool. Like I've done this. Um, I have this under my belt. I I was the same way with high heat. Um, like there was a early access patch where I had like the highest recorded heat. I was like, cool. I no longer need to gl- I no longer need to grind high heat because I know I can do it. Uh, everyone knows I can do it. I don't have to prove myself in this anymore. I can just do other things. Um, and like it's it's possible that peak wrist speed running was Hermes Cup one, and it's all been downhill from there. <laughs> But also, when your goal is met and there is no new goal for you to find except one that feels artificial, that's a good off-ramp, at least for a minute, at least for a little bit. Um, And Webbs, I'm actually, uh, the Blood and Talkness episode that I enjoyed the most was when you brought this up. We were talking, I think that was the episode with Dunk, talking about Nemesis and how miserable resetting for Double Edge and Tartarus is Mm -hmm. and about the feeling of, of, you asked. Are you all feeling it? And you were very clear on your relationship with data org. You can't look at data org anymore. And, and now there's, you have this awareness of not only when you feel burnt out, but like Satan was talking about, but when it's coming. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think, um, I've always been the kind of person that, uh, tries very hard to understand how I'm feeling. Uh, so I, I, I like to keep very good track of my emotions. So as soon as I start to feel frustrated with something, I step back a little bit, right? Um, and I think one of the one of the best ways to prevent yourself from feeling frustrated, especially with like speedrunning in general, is before you get into something, set a reasonable goal for yourself, right? And once you meet that goal, ask yourself, is this good enough? Do I feel like I can keep going without, you know, getting more frustrated? And if the answer is yes, then you keep going. Um, but if not, then you really need to step back and, and, and just think about what else do I have to prove? Have I proved enough to myself? Do I have anything to prove to anyone else? You know what I mean? Um, so it's, it's, I think it's more about being in tune like with, a, with yourself um, and how you're feeling, if that makes sense. Yeah. It's, it's so easy for... This is something I've experienced with a bunch of games, um, especially with my primary game, Hearthstone. There was a second where I was logging in every day because that was part of my identity. Because this is what I did. This is who I was. That it's like reading the paper in the morning. Mm-hmm. The number one reason why people read the paper, they did a survey. Number two reason is for the news. Number one is because I do it every day. Yeah. That kind of habit, especially when it comes to something like speedrunning, which is all muscle memory and it's all you can it feels natural for the controller to be in your hand and to start with the with the motion you've rehearsed thousands and thousands of times. But it's easy to just lose yourself in the repetition and for it to be a poor escape instead of an intentional goal. So, so easy for it to just pull for the wrong things. Yeah, absolutely. What have you found helps keep your perspective? Because what you talked about is a really great perspective. How do you use that to keep your relationship with the game healthy and positive? Because a lot of the times, like personally, I take a break when I need to take a break. There are times when I'm feeling the game and times when I'm not. And just letting myself not feel it for a second seems pretty important. Yeah, for sure. I think... um 
the big thing is just not forcing yourself to do something, right? Because as soon as I think as soon as you start forcing yourself to do something, then that leads to like very negative emotions towards the game, and that's how that's how I got with data org, and that's why I'll, uh, I will not touch that category anytime soon. Um, but I knew going into Hades, uh, this is not how I wanted to do it again, right? Um, so whenever I felt like I was forcing myself to do something, I would like move on to a different category or, I mean, I'm in retirement right now because I felt like I was forcing myself to do like any category and it's just not healthy. Um, so just don't, don't force yourself to do anything. It, It just leads to very negative feelings. It's not good. I guess my personal answer for that is, is it's kind of similar to my answer of like what the uh, like appeal of or part of the appeal of the speed of speedrunning in the first place was, which is uh, community stuff, right? Like there's a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, you can do a lot of things with them. You know, you can hop on streams and do goofy stuff for a night and there's an audience and it's fun and it's funny. And um, you can wear a monocle. You can wear monocles, for instance. Uh, just uh, uh, you can uh, you can organize things. Uh, you can I uh, just just hang out in streams and so, like th- there's so much to do in the speedrunning community that isn't speedrunning, right? Like like hanging out, making friends. Uh, speedrunning really is the friends you made along the way. It's it's unironically true, and and, and so when the like, physical act of speedrunning is like tiresome, you can like turn to the people who. Uh, you've made friends with and uh, interact with them in just like a general human kind of interpersonal way, <laughs> I guess, uh, you know, working on projects like podcasts or streams or whatever. Like that's, that's how I try to keep it healthy is like shift focus. Yeah. And make it about the relationships as opposed to the physical execution. Cause that will only get you so far. Uh, but you know, it's even think about sports fans in real life that they don't play the game and they want to talk about if they, you want to talk about football all the time and you're not, you're not a football player. The football players probably talk about the game less than the people that watch the games. That's probably true. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so just being in that orbit, being around a game seems like it's just as engaging as being a part of the game without the same kind of stressors. I know. What, what about you, Satan? How do you keep your relationship with Hades healthy and positive? How do you keep things perspective? Um, you know, a lot of what the other guys have said, uh, I'm in the middle of a pretty long break. I'll probably be coming back kind of soon. Um, but I stepped away. I, according to Steam, my last time launching the game was February 12th. Um, I just I reached a point where I wasn't happy with how I you know was viewing the game. I wasn't happy with how I was performing. I just wasn't very happy with the game as a whole. And I said, you know what? I'm going to step away. It's And so taking a break, um, allowing myself to enjoy other games, but also recognizing that just because i'm not speedrunning doesn't make me any less of a part of the community right it's okay to be the person on the sidelines in the twitch chats that can answer questions for people it's it's okay to shit post in the discord every once in a while like it's you're allowed to do that and not have to boot up hades the video game um and again just i don't know i've made great friends in the community I've, and a lot of them a fantastic community to be a part of and i think that makes stepping away a lot easier is knowing that it, i'm not stepping away from everything it's not like i'm leaving the discord i'm no longer part of all the things that i'm doing on the side it's just i'm doing one less thing as opposed to dropping absolutely everything yeah you're just hitting slightly fewer buttons exactly. that's it's, you can you can do that and it's, 
And think about think about how much time, say, Jerds was spending on producing the Hermes Cup and doing verification and super modding and whatever. Like, think about the people that contribute to the infrastructure. That's that takes more time than even playing the game can sometime. And and you all contribute pretty consistently to verifying runs. And that is a perpetual task. Yes, the uh, queue is never empty, and it's always getting bigger by the day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. All right, so I'm going to edit this out. I assume that I said something that was unintentionally funny. <laughs> uh, it's funny to us. Uh, I mean, you have yes. to edit this out. This out. Um, the whole verification work, team is we lazy. We work hard over at uh, Hades Speedrun Verification, making sure that your runs are verified in a timely manner with the kind of thoroughness you expect from a professional, well-organized team. No, we, we thank don't. you for submitting your... Run- oh, we don't? Never mind then. <laughs> Sorry, I lied. Did, did, was, that, was that pre-written? Do you have this, you have this no. boilerplate somewhere handy? No. no. You're <laughs> just that good. What I found particularly funny was that me and Austin haven't touched the queue in God knows how long, dude. My form of touching the queue now is I'll look at how big it is and then yell at wrist for not working on it. <laughs> There's a um there's an interesting hierarchy that happens where like once you're new to verifying, you want to pound them out as much as possible to, you know, sort of um validate your name. And there's a reason you're there. You're there to do the work. And then, you know, that 40 you did last week turns into 20 this week. And then, you know, that that 20 turns into, you know, the 5 this week. And then that 5 turns into, well, I thought about verifying a few times. <laughs> okay, I definitely looked is, at the queue this, this week. This is relevant. This is relevant to the discussion because when you're excited about something, when you're getting into something, there's that pull to be part of it in every aspect. And then after a while, you realize the line between your life and the video game is blurred so much that you can't even recognize what time is for me and what time is for the speed speedrun.com. Oh, yeah. You're, you play yeah. the game. You do the stream. You go to the Discord for that game when you're done streaming. Then you watch some videos of other people doing that game. And then you're like, well, that was my entire day. That's... That can't possibly be healthy, but the urge that we have, especially as competitive people that like video games, when you're in it, you're in it, and it just it's seductive, but dangerous. Yes, yes. absolutely. <laughs> so, my final question, and this is something that speaks to the sunk cost fallacy. Do you ever worry that a break will lead you to not coming back, and also, is that okay? Uh, I mean, it's, it's a... It's weird to characterize it as a... I mean, I guess... I guess depending on how you approach it, it, you can characterize it as a worry. Like if I, I'm taking a break, it's, I mean, sometimes it's with the intention of coming back. Sometimes it's with like sort of up in the air intentions, right? Like, oh, we're going to see how I feel about this. Um, like, and if I'm doing that, it's like, I'm not really worried if I'm going to come back or not. Like my whole goal is to figure out whether or not I want to come back. Um, <clears throat> and I mean, and I've had this relationship with plenty of fast games, right? Like, League of Legends or, or RuneScape specifically, where I've like, you know, spent a bunch of time in them. And for those games, it's just like sometimes you reach a point where it's just suddenly this thing that you couldn't imagine your life without, like calling up your friends and playing for like three hours uh on a Tuesday or whatever, uh just is no longer part of your life. And once it's not part of your life, like, oh. I can live without this, right? Like, and then you never. Sometimes you never come back. Uh, sometimes you feel the call of the wild, and you 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 turn around and and go right back a, a month later or so to see how you like it. And then your relationship with it is you know, a lot more healthy because you're no longer doing it daily for four or five hours. You're doing it 
a few days a week for a couple hours and I don't know, like it just just be ready to to evolve your expectations for yourself with the game. Uh and as long as you do that, I don't think the word worry even needs to like come into it. It's just like the only thing you need to be able to worry about is like you doing what's healthy for you. <laughs> yeah, so I actually agree with a lot of what Riss said, right? And I'm I'm looking at the docket, it's a bit of a two part question. So do you ever worry that breaks will lead you to not coming back? Um I don't think that's something you should worry about. You should worry about what you're having fun with as the as the runner and as the player, right? Um, if you're not having fun, do something else, you know? Um, if that leads to you coming back or not, yet to be determined, doesn't matter. Uh, the second part is, and is moving on from a game even something to worry about? It depends on who you are. Um, if your goal is to be just a runner and you feel satisfied with where you left the game at i don't think you have to worry about it at all right that's fine but if you plan on being both a runner and a content creator or like a streamer then yes i think that is something you should worry about and you have to really um think about what you want to be do you just want to be a runner and then move on whenever you want or do you want to be a content creator and stick with this for a while so you know yeah i think it can be very easy to be worried about even just taking a break in general. Um, you know, we, we've spoken to how easy it is for this one thing, and it, especially when you're speedrunning something where, you know, it can almost become, like, obsessive and, you know, you're extremely focused on this one thing where you can feel it absorb your life. And like you had said, you wake up, you play the game, you go live, uh, you stop streaming, hang out in the discord for a few hours uh you know watch some other hades content and you go to bed and your whole day was hades right you do that for three weeks and your life is now about hades i think it can be very scary to step away especially if something has enveloped you as a whole like that but i also think it's incredibly important and i think i i think Given the circumstance, there's there's edge cases where it becomes exponentially harder to do so. The content creation edge case where, you know, you're supporting yourself through going live and playing this one game, and it's what people know you for. That It becomes a lot harder to step away from it at that point. But if that's not the case, I think, I don't think you should be worried. Because, like, you can always come back if you feel like it. And I don't think not coming back should be a worry either, because I, I'm very much so of the opinion that if something isn't meant to be for me if my heart's not in something then again it's it's not meant to be and maybe i shouldn't come back and i I think that's fine yeah the the community and content focus is really fascinating to look into because it builds this world around the game where speedrunning is the friend you made along the way if you if you're done if you're done done does that mean that your friendships are going to drift and i mean that's going to be a question for each person individually in their experience but i mean Webs and Satan, you met Kingdom Hearts. You met with computer ice cream. It had nothing to do with this video game. So it's entirely possible for friendships to persevere and for the ones that matter to stick around. Absolutely. And that's that's really nice to know. And uh we talked uh, on this on this very show, the great Halion plays himself when he came on, talked about the experience of becoming a full time streamer and then building your your healthy gaming diet with a larger repertoire. You can't just play one game on stream every day for two years and be a happy person at the end of that. There's not a thing that's going to happen. 
So, you know, I've been watching, I've been enjoying watching uh, Loop Hero and Going Under and and Undermine, whatever whatever else is, he's doing over there. Jawless Paul doing a lot of the same thing. The full-time content creator life is a strange one. And, uh, you know, y'all are flirting with that in various ways, but also competing. Um, it's, this is a part of human psychology that we, you know, as a society, we haven't really experienced. It's a very new thing. Of just of just playing a video game for money, it's a new thing. I don't think anyone really knows how to do it. No, it's a less I, I sweaty it. kind of Olympics. It's, it's the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I think that's as good a point as any to wind down here. So, gentlemen, thank you so much for coming on. If we want to chat with you all, if we want to connect. Where can we find you and any shoutouts that you have? Satan, let's start with you. Yeah, thanks a ton for having us. Um, you can find me when I'm back up and streaming at twitch.tv forward slash Satan is a chill guy. I don't want to give an absolute date on it. It's likely coming soon. Um, if the speedrun mod gets a bit more fleshed out or if Seagull bops me and routed, whichever happens first, um, then I will likely be back in experimenting in one of those worlds and uh yeah you can also check me on blood and talkness we come out uh bi-weekly on sundays cool well hey i'm webs uh if you want to check me out on twitch um you can find me at web studio i just do a lot of casual streaming now um just me and play or like me playing to the homies if you want to follow me on twitter uh you can i cannot promise i will not put anime boobs on your timeline so and wrist what about you Find me over at uh, twitch.television uh, forward slash wrist13. Uh, I play Hades and sometimes other video games, I guess. I would direct you to my Twitter, but I rarely use it. I just use it to let people know when I'm doing stuff on the real social media, pro- social media platform, uh, twitch.television. Gentlemen, thank you so much for coming on. And uh, you can find Blood and Talkness over at twitter.com slash blood and talkness. Check it out again. A uh, very different vibe from over here, but I think it, the show is a ton of fun. Um, so just make sure that if you're listening at work, you use headphones and not around any small children. Um, and that'll be it for us for this week over at Hidden Aspects. Follow the show at Hidden Aspects on Twitter. Subscribe to your podcast client. Join our Discord. And until next week, we'll see you in hell.